Welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. This podcast is for anyone in the Australian financial planning ecosystem with a focus on life risk insurance. Whether you're a seasoned advisor or just starting out, I think you'll get heaps of value out of this podcast. I'm your host, Phil Thompson, and I'm a life risk insurance specialist, and you're listening to My Risk Advisor. Hey there, welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. Today, I'm having a chat with a team from Superfear. So, I've got Trina and Gemma to talk about Superfears and how they work and what they do. So, we talk about Superfears being a friend of the advisors and helping people move their superannuation funds or at least reviewing it and keeping it where it is. They work with those lower account balance clients and people who may be just getting into the financial system and aren't ready to go and speak to a financial advisor. So, this is a great chat. I hope you get heaps of value out of it. If you do know anyone in your network who would get value out of these episodes, please do share the episode. It really does help us out and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, thank you for joining us. Now, let's start off with both of your um, backgrounds and, and what led you to today in working at Super Fierce. Okay, cool. So, okay, so this is Gemma. I, my background's financial advice. So, I've been in banking and finance for about 20 years and I've been a financial advisor for 12 of those. Um, and about a couple of years ago now, I, like many advisors, was questioning what am I doing in this industry and am I providing the impact, the value that I want to, to my customers, um, to my clients. So, I decided to step back from financial advice, just take a little bit of a break. Um, and during that time, um, yeah, lots of other opportunities opened up, um, met up with Superfierce, started doing some more educational stuff um, and was just really excited about what Superfierce were doing and decided to come on board. So still um, work as a capacity, in a capacity as an advisor and kept all my um, registrations and everything up. So my license, my CPD points. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I still do all of that. Um, but I don't give, um, face like face to face client advice. I don't have any face to face clients, any ongoing clients. Um, and life's pretty good on this side of things from my perspective. So at this stage, I can't imagine ever going back into a one-on-one advice advisor role. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, awesome. Program. And and Trina, what's your background? Um, so my background's a little bit different than Gemma's. Um, you know, I think that early in life it was um, became pretty clear that I was either going to go to jail or be an entrepreneur. And um, so I started setting up businesses early, early in life and my first business, proper business, just before I turned 30. But really for the last 30 years, I've been working in financial services in one form or another. Um, but I'd say that what I really am is a solver of problems. So building products and businesses to solve problems for real people. And so, you know, I've worked in corporate credit cards. I've worked in building financial products. You know, my favourite area was working in alternative investments and real assets and, you know, building products and selling them to institutional investors and things like that. But my last proper job was I was head of strategy for Asia Pacific for Macquarie Private Bank um, before heading off and really just investing all of my time, energy and insanity into building my own business businesses and and in investing into um into startups as well 
Yeah, cool. And it, look, it's not too late to go to jail still. No, as that's well, right. Which is, I mean, which is a good it's thing. It's why I need Gemma. She's our responsible manager. <laughs> yeah. And as the director, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty. Fa- I mean, I'm quite a voluptuous woman, and you may not hear that often on a financial financial advice um, podcast. But yeah, I'm not really designed for orange jumpsuits, so I'm really yeah. working hard to make sure that doesn't happen. So yeah, Gemma's definitely certain of keeping a great job. Awesome. So, help me understand what is Super Fierce and, and why did you why did you start it? Yeah. So, um, Super Fierce is, I mean, the, the lingo in our world, it's a scalable advice platform, and really, um, but what we're actually about is closing the thirty trillion dollar global gender wealth gap. So what we're passionate about doing is empowering women with access to appropriate, affordable advice. And everybody on this, um, you know, listening in will understand that women access financial advice a lot less than men do. And given the, the decreasing numbers of people that are accessing it, that that's a fairly alarming thing because we believe that women actually need advice more than men. Now, anybody can use our services. Um, you know, about 22% of our customers at the moment are men, but we focus on women first because we want to make sure that we're making it really friendly and relatable. Um, and so we started with super. So what we actually do is we have analysed every single fund in the marketplace, every investment option. So it's like over 2,000 investment options, handcrafted databases, build a really crazy algorithm that interrogates that so that people can put in, um, you know, a bit of information. And what happens is the platform runs a minimum of 182,000 calculations to create a customised statement of advice for them, a digital statement of advice. Um, Why do we think that matters? That's, you know, we can talk about the nitty gritty of what it is, but why are we doing that? Well, you know, with the 47% gender retirement gap here in Australia and average savings in unnecessary fees over the lifetime of the average woman of $102,000, we felt that that was the place that we could have the biggest impact on a woman's financial well-being with the least amount of effort from her. And so that's what we're we're all about is really unraveling the complexity of superannuation to make it easier for um, for everyday people to be able to make good strong decisions about their super. Yeah, and I mean we could I'll try not to go down the rabbit hole of um, hey, the I, I gender can, inequality. I can be because, Alice like, and tumble down there with you if you like. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to stay on, on you know, discussing kind of the merits of, of the platform and, and how advisors can work with it. But, I mean, I, like I've got three young girls and, and like the, you know, the, the gender inequality and the gender pay gap is like, you know, super kind of precious to me because – I got three young girls who are going to enter the workforce and, you know, years ago I did a video with my eldest saying like, oh, hey, here's, you know, 78 cents and the boys in your class are going to get paid a dollar. Um, hey, Phil, you know, for the same work. to have three daughters. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got 11 and nine and a seven-year-old. Oh, so we've got three girls. Well, I love um, And they're, they're all going to be in this world, in this future world that hopefully is going to be much better in the future. But 
as I said, I'm going to try and stay on um, talking about the financial advice side of it all. So how does it actually work? So you're just looking at superannuation? At the moment, yeah. So that's that's the first um, pillar of the platform. So we started with super, you know, for the reasons that I just mentioned. And just so you know, the savings for men is even higher, right? Obviously, because they have more super and they earn more and all of those obvious things, right? So, um, so we started with super, but we are moving into the other pillars of wealth also. So watch this space that's coming. Um, but we we really wanted to start with super to be able to have um, a big immediate impact on what for most Australians is their second largest financial asset. Um, interestingly, for young people, so under the age of 37, um, particularly women, it's likely that superannuation will ultimately be their largest asset. And I just went off on a tangent. I don't remember what you actually asked me. I, I just you answered the question saying that you're just starting with super, and then you'll look at moving into kind of the investment space in the in the future. And I guess the investment space is, is much bigger. There's much more products in the market. It is a much bigger beast to kind yeah. of tackle, I guess. So where we will actually, um, what we will do next is actually um, enhancing what we're doing in the retirement income space. So at the moment, we show people how they can save on fees and also switch into a fund that has delivered more consistent returns over um, an extended period of time, so 15 to 20 years, so through different um, investment markets. So obviously, superannuation is a long-term investment asset, so we want to smooth out the volatility over time. So when people are banging on about their performance for the last year, last three years, it's not particularly helpful. So mm. we just released the Fierce Performance Index into market recently and we believe that that's really becoming a benchmark. Um, we've got a lot of super, the big super funds actually reaching out to us now going, hey, you know, we didn't quite make it. What do we need to be doing better? Or the ones that are actually hitting it going, hey, that's great. What, you know, what can we be doing better, which we think is really good. And interestingly, with Fierce Performance Index, we've actually started having lots of financial advice firms now reaching out out to us and saying, hey, can we license this software from you? We want this for our customers. And just to clarify, you're looking at, at performance over over a 15-year or 10 to 15-year timeframe? Is that, is that what you're saying? Well, yes and no. So we look at performance over a minimum of 15 to 20 years. Um, so it depends on um, the, the availability of data, so how long they've been mm. in the market. But we look at different types of the um, performance. So it's not just total performance over that period of time. It's based on, you know, a, a whole range of different um, factors, which we can share with you as well if you're interested. Uh, and in fact, anybody can go online and, and check out the details. And, I, and, and the reason why I asked him to clarify is because the, you know, the ATO super comparison stuff is very, you know, um, I, I don't do superannuation anymore. Thank goodness. Um, we just do insurance. So, um, but the ATO data is very like you're underperformer or you're a performer. Um, and so it's really interesting how much inflow and outflow is coming in and out of super funds just by that ATO kind of, you know, super comparison stuff. So I guess that the beauty of, you know, that, that super fierce report is that longer term framework is going like, you don't move every year based on whether that's performing or not performing because 
you're going to lose. Like it, it, we all know right. that you'll lose. And, and you need to be able to compare on a like-for-like basis. And, um, you know, the, the work that the government has done around um, your super, your future is a great start. We think it's a great start, but it really incentivised us to um, dig in and do the hard work on creating the Fierce Performers Index because, you know, there are areas where it's a bit sketchy, you know, so in one frame, they've introduced a six-year time period and then there's an eight-year time period and, you know, they've missed out a bunch of the options and a bunch of the super funds, right? So it's not a complete analysis of the market. So that's one aspect of it. But certainly being able to see how a fund performs through different types of markets is really critical. Um, it's kind of yeah. astonishing it's never actually been done, to be honest. But in terms of where we're going, you know, um, what we're building out at the moment, so within that retirement income uh, pillar, our customers will also then be able to start to model the impact of contributions, all sorts of different types of contributions, dynamically based on their personal situation. Um, importantly for women, but also young people um, who are, you know, having more of a portfolio career or older people who decide to have a sea change or life happens, right? You know, you'll be able to um, model the impact of time out of the workforce. And we're also building an option where people will actually be able to kind of like, you know, it's playing with the idea of an SMSF, but it's not because we believe the majority of people, you know, shouldn't be in an SMSF. Um, and if they are, they need really great advice from, you know, um, a really specialist advisor. Mm. Uh, what we are actually doing is building a member direct, sort of like a member direct version, where you can actually start to um, manage the investments within your retail investment fund, but within rails, right? So that you can't stuff it up too much, like no more than a typical fund manager would, no offence, fund managers. But the reason why we think that's important, so we'll build it on rails. The reason why we think that's important is number one, we know that Australians for the most part don't um, think about their super. They don't realise it's their money, so they don't pay a lot of attention to it. But they also don't realise that, you know, Gemma will definitely agree with, disagree with me on this one. She'll talk about tax effective things and so on. But, you know, for most, I'll use my layman's language, which is for most people, it's their first investment portfolio and they just don't even realise mm. it. So we think that one way to get people um, more interested in their super, but also learning about investing, you know, in a proactive, hands-on way, but in a safe environment with their existing portfolio is by enabling them to do that in their super. So, so that's coming as well with a bunch of other things but those sorts of things yeah and i mean you know just to just to go to that point about people not really understanding super like i'm in a lot of like facebook groups and investing groups and so many people like younger people talk about super as this kind of like ethereal thing that oh well it's either it's either really risky so I'm not going to invest in super. I'm going to invest in an ETF because super is really risky. It's like, well, it's the same stuff. What are we talking about? Um, and so people kind of don't really understand how super is just an investment uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. So we do a lot of education webinars and um, stuff like that. Um, and I always start with super is not an investment because people will always go, oh, no, I my so-and-so who I know lost a lot of money with super. I'm like, well, super actually isn't an investment. It's a tax structure. What you do with it and you can have a lot of control, you just have to understand it. Um, so I think that's the key that people are already investors. So we have these people that are 20, 25 and they want to invest and they're 
they're interested in all of it and they don't realise that they're already investors and if they just start taking But they're um, not. They're in a tax-effective structure. Yes, but there's investments in it. They don't realize because they're default, so they are. Yeah, and they can and they can choose it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like they don't understand that they can. They are empowered to be able to yes, make choices. Exactly, and if they do want to have a little play around and look at ETFs or look at whatever you know they're reading about, that they do have a lot of control in their super on that. The other thing that really surprises me with superannuation of people of any age is they might understand super how it is right now, but they don't understand how you use it in retirement. The amount of people even, you know, 55, 60 plus that are getting really close to this, they don't realise that there's account-based pensions, that there's lump sum withdrawals and all of this really, really cool stuff that you can do in super and how tax effective it is. Um, so that always really, really surprises me. People set uh, tend to have like an idea that it's going to become, yep, a lot of money, but what do you actually do with that? And I just Mm. love that Gemma is such a super nerd because most people don't get excited about that really cool stuff. But we love that Gemma does because it is, it's incredibly powerful. And to your point before, Phil, um, we're astonished by the number of weird and wacky things that we hear people say that wouldn't even cross our mind that you might think this about super uh, and not always just young people. So someone who shall remain nameless very close to me, um, you know, closer to 50 than not, um, very successful, uh, earning a lot of money, big jobs. He thought he was um, paying for insurance on his super not paying for insurance through his super. He thought he was like, why am I insuring my super? We're like, you're not, dude. This person may or may not be related to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and this is the... (laughs) I mean, you told everyone who it was, but thank you. Um, (laughs) The the thing that um, is interesting about all these misconceptions is, is, you know, as an advisor and, and the advisors listening to this is, we all kind of maybe hear it every so often, but most people are just so afraid to ask these dumb questions because they feel like an idiot. Um, and so that's where like as advisors and we try and educate people, I always think about like what is the client too afraid to ask me and how do we try and address that because they're thinking it and if we try and address it and they already know this stuff, they're not going to think we're an idiot because we're, you know, talking at a real base level. Um, so at, in terms of the platform and, and how it all works, like what is, how does it work? What's the pricing? What does that look like either today or, or moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. So the way that, the way that it works is the, um, the report itself, which is a statement of advice. So we have our own AFSL. We're licensed to provide advice on this. Um, we actually provide that free of charge. Um, and some advisors out there might be horrified um, to hear that, but we're able to do that because we've digitised everything and brought it down to a near zero marginal cost of delivery. Uh, and that was very deliberate. A huge amount of work's gone into that, but it was very deliberate because we think it's really critical that every Australian is able to access this information. And, you know, we've worked really hard to make it easy to understand colourful, different types of communication styles in there. Um, Yes, ASIC, we've been listening to you. Um, And so, um, you know, that was very important to us because we don't want anybody to be in a position where they can't afford to access this vital information. 
Why? Because as taxpayers, we should all care about this, right? Ultimately, we're all paying the price for this. So we want everybody to have access to this information. Now, you know, you heard that I worked at Macquarie. So, you know, I am fiercely commercial as well. So the way that we make our money at the moment is we charge a one-time fee if they would like our support in actually making a change to their superannuation. And um, Gemma runs the team that manages all of that. Uh, and that's a one-time fee of $365 to take care of all of that. Um, Gemma can tell you a little bit more about that. But one more thing I'll just throw on the top is that we are a social enterprise. So we have a philanthropic soul sister that's Fierce Impact and we donate 10% of our gross revenue to Fierce Impact and we're funding initiatives helping marginalised women to escape financial and domestic abuse. Wow. So I know for all the advisors out there listening, they're going, okay, so free SOA... And that $365 to implement. Did I hear that right? Yep. Not $3,650. No. <laughs> so, okay, my my question is, are you a friend of the advisors or a foe of the advisors? I told you to like, ask what? that. <laughs> I said, you could ask. Well, I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a very colourful, friendly person in general. But, yeah, we're definitely a friend of advisors. And, you know, um, a little bit of trivia about Superfierce is it actually began its life as a dif- different business. It only lasted a couple of months because I got a bit bored with it at the time. But terrible thing to say, but distracted with life. But it was called Beat the Fees. And at the time it was actually built as a solution for financial advisors and accountants to use with their customers. Uh, And we made more money than we spent and it was a great experiment actually. Um, But yeah, no, we're definitely a friend of advisors because we understand that the service that we're providing serves a particular type of um, person in the market who might not actually be able to afford or access detailed financial advice. Uh, And we would argue that, you know, they're the sorts of people that, might actually become a financial advice customer in future when they have the experience of engaging with a friendly service, um, an easy to understand statement of advice. Most normal Aussies have, don't know what a statement of advice is, right? So um, we definitely think that um, we're a great colleague for advisors as well. Like, you know, there are going to be people in your portfolio or it could be the children of your customers as well that aren't the right people for your um, more detailed service at this time. And then you can swoop in and help them with insurance or whatever those other things are at the right point. And so long-term as those, as your customers, Superfierce customers have more questions or want more assistance, how are they engaging with Superfierce on an ongoing basis or a long-term basis? Look, at the moment, I mean, we're a startup, right? So we haven't been around that long. We've been in market for, what, 18 months, um, soft launch, and then we did our hard launch at the beginning of the year. Um, So our view of the ongoing relationship with our customers is we'll be shifting to a subscription model at the end of the year, um, which will really focus on providing education, support, tools, um, a range of services like our super analysis. Um, But it really is the beginning you know so we are providing scalable advice so that's an entry level advice for people so that's an opportunity for us to continue to advise and grow the understanding of the average bear about the importance of financial advice I mean we obviously believe in the importance of financial advice it's what we're all about Um, but it's how do you actually make it available to um, people who aren't going to go and see 
you know, sorry, guys, an expensive um, financial advisor when they don't have capacity to do that. But we hope that that will change as they start to understand and, and they're building their wealth and able to do that. I'm sure you'll have some opinions on that, Jim. Yeah, definitely. So I think this is um, a stepping stone. I think as most advisors will now realise that we can't be all things to everybody, we would absolutely love for everybody to go out and get comprehensive advice. There's so much value in that but it's not accessible and it's not affordable to so many. So there has to be other solutions. So I would love for everybody to get comp, but it's it's not going to happen. So if we can be doing super really, really well, if you could be doing risk really well and these other advisors can be doing whatever for the customers that need that ongoing, that don't want more of a transactional, which is kind of what we are now. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much need for financial advice, holistic and comp, but it's not for everybody. And there needs to be solutions for those people that fall through the gaps. And that's exactly what Superfierce is. And, and touching on super fears, so, you know, this is my risk advisor. So, are you guys going to start to move into the insurance comparison and recommendation stage as well? Are you going to grow out that or grow out that kind of service model? So, are we going to be a foe to you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah, that's really at the end of the day. I only bring people on who I want to learn from or understand their, their business models. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're hanging out now. Hey, look, Phil, I mean, Gemma can give you um, a more detailed answer to that, but from a business strategy perspective, um, the answer is yes and no. So we are never going to be providing comprehensive insurance solutions because, as you know better than anybody, it's so complicated and it's highly personalised. That doesn't fit within a scalable advice model. Um, what we will be doing is we will apply the same sort of thinking that we've done with super to start to do analysis, though, because that's what we're really good at. You know, we're propeller heads, right? So um, so we're really good at that. So we're already halfway through the process of unraveling the comparative costs of insurance within the super funds, as an example. But again, that's very different than once you move into a complex insurance um situation. So yeah, no, that's definitely something that we're always going to be looking for great partners to be able to make sure that we're able to recommend good solutions to people. And and yeah, I mean, being facetious, talking about being a foe to me. I mean, my, my personal view is like, there is so many clients to go around. There is so much need for it. Like the the boom of the Finfluencers of recent times is because there is no solution there. It's an easy solution for people to get educated. So you know, if and the reason I ask these questions is because I know advisors listening will have these questions, and there's there's always a bit of a you know get off my lawn kind of feel totally. um, with advisors. But at the end of the day, like if your value add as an advisor is to find a you know a good you know super fund that you know is low fees and that we can roll over to, then probably you know you need to think about how you're going to run your business in the in the future because that's not probably enough value for the cost that you have to charge and that's and that's a difficult kind of thing to talk about is are you really adding value and that's you know for myself as a business that's what I did I just said like it's really really difficult to add enough value over and above the fees that we have to charge in a personal advice model so I I moved my business to being insurance only because we can add that value and we can make really simple and affordable advice in that space um but you know, for your business, like a lot of people who are coming to you will have the insurance built in. And, you know, we, we've spoken about this, Gemma, before about like 
how do you get into that super recommendation helping rollover if there's you know default cover that may need to be retained and yeah. you know there is a lot of complexity in there so if you can talk on that Gemma that'd be good yeah definitely and this is what I do a lot of um, my work with the team around because I'm really passionate about insurance so Trent will bang on about how much I love yeah, so super, she loves but super but insurance, and insurance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a, your person she's, right? like, she's like the golden goose this girl yeah um, yeah I think the first time we talked I got an unofficial job interview uh, job um, offer from you as well because I was banging on about how much. <laughs> oh, of course, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so insurance is really important to me for a couple of reasons. So, I've been an advisor for twelve years and I've done a lot of risk insurance. So, I've helped a lot of people with claims. But I've also my husband has actually claimed on his TPD and super, which I just never thought it was going to happen because as advisors we know how that process looks and uh, any occupation claim in super just difficult anyway so I went through that with my husband he actually surprisingly got that claim and the reason that he had those policies is because we found superannuation policies from when he was 18 that had a couple of bucks in them and we went oh stuff's gone pear-shaped with your health we need to just keep these going well before um you know your six grand 25 age 25 all that stuff yeah yeah protecting your super baby yeah yeah so we were really proactive with making sure he kept that cover because he couldn't get any cover at all and then he got paid out on both those so really passionate about that and i'll talk about it at any opportunity as he will um to educate people around it so this is where the value of paying for that 365 fee comes in because we all know that you can switch your super yourself, right? That I feel like as advisors, we have been undoing this message that people have been told for so long is click here, switch, it's that easy. It's not. The insurance is this, the really, really scary part of that. So we have a full AFSL, but we don't give advice on insurance, but we can absolutely talk around it. We can give factual and general. Um, so those, the statement of advice we've worked on a lot to make sure that this is really clear. But as advisors, we also know that people don't read it. We're trying to make it as interesting as possible so they will read it, but there's a risk that they won't. Um, but this switch service that we have, so anybody can get their free statement of advice then book in with us to actually go through it. And I will tell you right now, the most of the time we talk about the insurance in those 15-minute meetings, 15, half an hour, an hour sometimes when I... Yeah. She's just trying not to... <laughs> Depends on how long Gemma talks. doesn't want yeah. me to know that. <laughs> If the girl's in ops, it's 15 minutes. If it's me, it's an hour because you can't shut me up. Um, but, yeah, so most of that is about insurance, right, because we're saying to people, well, what is default? What have you got now and what are your options? Um, and I want them to really, really understand about the – you've pretty much got three options. You can lose your insurance cover because you might not want it, you might not need it, you might have um, like an external retail policy or whatever. You can roll over your cover. Um, or you could just start brand new cover. So you could get, accept the default or you could apply. So we want people to know what they are and the pros and cons to each of them. But as part of our statement of advice, when somebody quick clicks, yes, please help us with your switch, all these questions come up about insurance. And it's pretty much what the super funds are saying. Are you going to get an automatic yes or no? And we're having the conversation with them. We always do the rollover in two stages. So we're protecting the insurance there until they know what they've got. They can compare. Um, and lots of the time we're saying 
you actually need advice on this. We can give you all of the information. And so many times we'll say, right, we're leaving a minimum balance in there until you can get the advice because we're not comfortable that's in your best. They'll go, oh, no, no, all good, you know, roll it over. And we're like, no, no, we really need to educate you on this and I think you actually need personal advice on it. All of the super funds have, you know, the minimum six grand to protect that insurance and we have an in-house view that that needs to be 10,000. Um, yeah. So we work a lot in that space that I absolutely don't believe that that 365 covers the time at all, but it's so important. Um, And as we grow, we're a startup, right? So as we grow, we're going to make that easier for people to understand. Like right now, that's me having the conversations and stuff. And I've only been in this space, you know, seven months or something. But as I understand more what those questions are and where people are constantly not getting it. We'll be able to do videos. You know, we've just redesigned the whole statement of advice to make sure that this is what people aren't understanding. How can we make it easier? So that will just keep evolving. But right now it's the education around it, telling them the options and undoing all of the, all of this work that it's easy to switch. You know, it's making sure people realize it's not. Yeah, and I mean the 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 devil on one shoulder says that um, you know that you know you're, we're just rolling over you know super funds to to a cheaper one and just helping clients do that. But but the angel on the other shoulder is saying, well, at the end of the day, the people who are seeking your services are the ones who are going to do it themselves anyway. They just they just need help finding if it's a stray super or host plus or rest or whichever one. And so you know the the advisors who are out there thinking, well, you know this isn't ideal we should be charging him five and a half grand to help them make that choice yeah it's kind of like well they're not really coming to advise anyway. anyway. so what are we what are we talking about yeah these are definitely not your clients um i think like trenna was saying before this is going to give people an understanding that wow i didn't know all that there's so much value to advice that the next stage that they need the next part of advice they're going to be like right well that advice was so valuable so who do i go to for that next and we have a triage um, system so because we're digital we can't give advice to everyone and we know that so there's different circumstances where our system will reject it and go oh no team contact these people we can't actually give them the advice so for example over you've reached 60 and the reason Mm -hmm. that we do that is while there's lots of amazing strategies you can do throughout your whole life that you should be seeing an advisor for we're really passionate at 60 you know all of these cool strategies open up if you're a super nerd so much stuff that you can be doing um like cash out recontribution ttr like lots and lots of cool stuff so you should actually be sitting down with an advisor and nutting this out one-on-one um so there's lots of times where we absolutely go we're not the the people for you um sometimes we'll see like a self-managed super fund we can't do that so we'll send them an email saying hey we don't do this right now we may in the future Um, but these are the things and to give them some education, these are the things that you should know about. We might see a wrap account and we'll be like, Hey, you're being recommended a low cost fund. Yours is more expensive, but it's got all these bells and whistles. And are you utilizing these? Cause it's not always better to pay less. It's, you know, if you're utilizing all those things. So it's not that we just go, everybody fits into this mold. We're going, hey, this is a really good start. People are focused on fees. They get that fees are important, but then we can talk to them about all this stuff. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think it's yeah. noting as well in the SOA, you know, we, we share a lot with them 
you know, there's a lot of education in there around all of the different aspects of super that normal people don't know. I should stop saying normal people, but people who don't live in Yeah, non, non-nerds. Thanks for waking up again after me and Jenna geeked out a bit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we, we started going a little bit deep into no, those, it's good, <laughs> the it's, technical. But it's important, right? And, you know, we actually do. I mean, I'm teasing her, but we love that stuff here. Like, we are all super nerds here mm. and um, because we know what matters. So, you know, in the SOA, we... Um, provide a lot of education as well around, you know, what do you need to know about super? What are the myths? What are the things that you actually need to be thinking about? Um, What do you need to understand about insurance in super and all of those things as well? But we also... um, have developed our own IP as well where um, where we're actually able to show people based on the type of lifestyle that they want to lead how much they're actually going to need to retire with. And so if you want to go check that out, you can head over to growgold.com.au and hopefully you'll get a bit of a laugh when you go there so I as just, well. I just saw someone in Speedos there. So <laughs> what is going on? Well, what that Do is Do we have is, them on the merch page <laughs> that you can buy them? <laughs> so, um, you know... It might seem a bit crazy what we've done with the Grantster rap and probably is, but, you know, we know that people don't pay attention to their super, so how do we get them to? And one of the problems is we're trying to confront present bias and every financial advisor will know about present bias, right, because every single financial health decision requires some sort of sacrifice today for something that's going to feel better sometime in the future, right? You know, and super is the most extreme example of that. So how do you get people to think about who they're going to be in future? So what we're trying to show with this campaign is that, yeah, future you is not very different than you today. And I'll be 50 soon. Gemma's is sick of hearing that, but I'll be 50 soon. And I promise you, I still feel pretty much the same that I did at 8, 21, 30, 40 as I do right now. And I'm assuming that will be the same in the future too. So same hopes, dreams, needs. So what we've done here is this platform, people can actually play a game, Blingo, play Blingo and they can create a, um, a visual vision board of the future life that they would like to have. Um, it looks like a lot of, you know, fun, but behind the scenes, it's serious business. So behind that is another one of our calculators, which is then actually calculating how much they're going to need to retire with to be able to afford that lifestyle. And then they can put in some more information and we show them how much they're actually on track to retire with and then what they can do to close that gap. And the only reason I mention that is because these are the sorts of tools and support that people actually need because whenever we um, speak to a customer and say, hey, you know, you're on track to retire with this much, they're like, okay, is that good? Is that bad? Am I behind? Is it enough? Right. And the majority of the calculators in the marketplace are pretty hard to navigate if you don't have a high level of financial acumen already. And they're certainly not fun. So that's what we, that's the sort of stuff we do at Superfierce to try and really engage that younger audience, but also an audience of any age that's not typically um, got the financial confidence and knowledge and access to um, traditional financial advice. Yeah, awesome. And I think for a lot of advisors listening and, and more and more these days, advisors are really keen to embrace like other opportunities and how do we engage with other people or other participants in the market and and if they're not our our perfect client, then where do we send them to? Um, and so, yeah, that's becoming more and more. But, you know, it is 
reasonable for advisors to kind of get worried. Compliance is only increasing in our world and it's getting, you know, much kind of scarier. Um, and so that that feeling can, can be real and legitimate. But if we kind of view, have the viewpoint of what's going to serve the clients the best, um, then then maybe there are these other things that we can explore. So how would how would it be best for advisors, um, whether they're specialist self-managed super fund advisors or risk advisors or, or generalist advisors, how do they best engage with Superfierce? What's kind of that way for us to engage in your business? Yeah, so a couple of things on that. And just to touch on what you said first, Phil, which is that, yeah, it's really hard for traditional um, advice firms to make money out of providing um, advice on super really at a price point that, you know, the average person can afford, right? So being able to have access to a solution that makes that possible, I think that should be appealing. Um, so my advice to the advisors who are listening is um, we're definitely your friend, not your foe. So go check us out. You can go to our website. And I'm assuming, Phil, you're going to have the, the links up there. But um, if you're not, you are now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that stuff. I've got no idea, but I'll, I'll tell someone. Well, I'm, I'm going to put it out here anyway. So my, you know, what I recommend everybody does is go to our website, you know, request your own report, you know, check it out, see see what the what the experience feels like, check out the SOA um, and see what you think. I definitely recommend go to growgold.com.au and play Blingo as well. At, at worst, you might have a laugh. At best, you might learn something as well. Now, it is geared towards women, so, you know, don't be surprised at some of the images you're going to see, but um, the best way to engage is to play with it, see what you think, um, Google the latest AFR, article on super fierce and learn about our fierce performance index and if it looks interesting to you get in touch you know you can reach out to us and contact me directly through linkedin or you can reach out by email um, our emails are our first names and superfierce.com.au so we're pretty easy to find and we're we're very awesome. friendly and open to chatting all right, and 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 to be honest, as an advisor, like one thing you know, in our marketing efforts at Sky, we've been talking about, oh, do we look at other advice firms and and see what they're doing? And I've been like strongly against it, going like, we could do things so much better in the advice space. Let's look external. And even I've just gone to your website quickly, click get started, and then just even the way you collect the data is much more interesting than kind of any, anything else. It's like, well, is that right? It's a chatbot kind of style data gathering. Yeah, look, it's it's been. Um, it and I fought really hard with everybody to do that. I was like, no, nobody's going to use it. I'm like, let's just try it. So because we know, I know from my research that women are much more likely to engage with something that feels like a messenger environment than they will with a, with a traditional form, you know. And so that's what we're always trying to do is to tap into behavioural psychology and not to do a bit of pinkwashing, but to truly start by understanding how are we going to engage with someone who's typically not excited about the way that we've done things traditionally in financial services. And I'm not being rude to anyone. Like I've been in it for 30 years, right? I've made all the mistakes. But what we want to do is we want to make it, um, we want the the experience to be beautiful. And yeah, we swear a bit and we use bright colors. And yeah, we've got a naked guy, kind of naked guy in one of our videos because, you know, we want to get people's attention. We want them to engage with us, mm. but we also need them to know that this is serious business and we know what we're doing. All right, so I've got two last questions for you both. 
Um, now, my takeaway from this has been really good. It's, it's been good to kind of learn all about, you know, super fierce and stuff. Another takeaway is I need to have a picture of me and my Speedos on our website. I think is that fair? I think okay, cool. No one else uh, agrees with you. My wife especially doesn't agree with you. Um, but my last two it questions make is... the girls laugh at least. Um, and yeah. spoiler and alert, cringe. it was a paid model. So maybe you could just get a paid model too. <laughs> and, say, and say they're me and just put yeah, my face on top. Yeah. Their head, yeah. Yeah, Photoshop. Awesome. Um, so last two questions. When do you get a chance to do your emails? Do you do it all throughout the day? Do you do it in the afternoon? Do you block out time? 4 a.m. for Trenna. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, I probably mentioned to you earlier I have ADHD, so I don't sleep a lot. So mine tend to be, um, you know, at weird and wacky hours like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Gemma? Um, so mine are just all over the place, but we have been building out the team and the girls that we have, the women are amazing and men are welcome as well, but just currently it's a women team. Um, so I'm getting more and more free time in my Ooh, day as these girls, um, yeah, really, really get up and running. But yeah, pretty much anytime it's on my phone and I should actually probably take it off my phone. So I only do set hours. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Nah, that's it, yeah. It needs to be at 4 a.m., Gemma. <laughs> no. When do you do your emails, Phil? Oh, when do I get do mine? No one asked me that. I kind of do them throughout the day, but the best time I get to do it is once my wife and the girls are in bed, I can do it at night because all throughout the day I'm either distracted or pulled into meetings or asked questions. So it's kind of the biggest time block of time I can get yeah. through emails. I mean, I do um, do them during the day as well, but I find that time blocking is absolutely mm. crucial in order to survive to keep all of the balls in the air. Yeah. And the last question, what's one interesting hobby that you have? So I was trying... Jamie knew this question was coming. I was trying to guess all of the questions that you might ask. And I was like, I'm really worried he'll ask me about hobbies because he asked a couple of other people and I don't have any hobbies. Um, so I'm open to suggestions on hobbies. I need hobbies. I don't have any. Ah, okay. What do you do on the weekend? Hold on, hold on. Let's dive into that. How do you not have a hobby? Okay. What do you do on the weekend? Drinking wine is the hobby then. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I did speak last time we spoke on the phone. You I had, had, had a few drinks of wine. <laughs> so that's good. All right, drinking wine. Trina, what's your hobby? Um, I actually have lots of hobbies. I think, well, so I do lots of different things. Does that count as hobbies? I guess so. But I love doing pretty much everything. So if you want a weird one, I love playing golf. I love singing. I love cooking. But probably. Do you do karaoke? I can definitely do karaoke and I like trying new stuff all the time. So I've taken up kickboxing recently, Um, but probably my most favourite thing in the world to do is actually put the roof down on my car and drive really fast and sing. Does that count as a hobby? Yeah, you're you're a blaster of the music in the car? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I love it. All right, thank you very much. Um, and uh, you kind of mentioned it quickly before, Trina, but to get in touch with you, the best way is to send you guys an email, Gemma at superfierce.com.au or Trina at superfierce.com.au. Yeah, probably the best person um, to send it through to if you want to get a quick response is um, Julianne White. So julianne.white at superfierce, but you can get in touch with me and I'll make sure that you hit the right person as well. But LinkedIn's uh, definitely a good way to get my attention. 
LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. This has been an amazing chat. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode and you think someone else will get value out of it, I'd love it if you could forward it on to them. And as always, we can continue the conversation in the My Risk Advisor Facebook group. All you need to do, open up Facebook and search My Risk Advisor and I'll see you in there.